Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast providing the most in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug to join Andrew as we discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. So we have some wrestling-related deaths. Uh, first one is uh, Jerry Jarrett died at the age of 80 of es- uh, esophageal cancer. So, Aaron, what did you think about Jerry? Yeah, so uh, most people are going to, you know, especially our age, are going to know uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, you know, that's probably what they'll know Jerry for. But Jerry was actually very instrumental in the Continental Wrestling Association, which is essentially the territory in Memphis where him and Jerry Lawler had run very successfully for a number of years. They ran well into the the 80s, even while Vince McMahon was running the WWF at that time. And then a little bit later on, kind of, you know, fast forward to TNA, uh, him and Jeff started NWA TNA together. And there are, you know, it's kind of interesting mixing family with business. Uh, They had ran that for a while. There's a little bit of a falling out with Jerry, but luckily uh, him and Jeff did get were able to reconcile. They've been on very good terms, obviously, un- up until uh, his death. So long life, which is really great. But, uh, you know, it always sucks to to lose a legend. Yeah. And speaking of someone who was not a legend, um, Laney Pofo, his da- his brother, of course, was a very, very famous Randy Savage, Macho Man. Uh, Doug, what did you think about uh, uh, Lenny uh, or Laney uh, finally? Laney Pofo. Um yeah. I thought it's a little bit sudden. I think he was, what, 67, 68 years old. Um, but, I mean, the guy was uh, truly a genius. And <laughs> yeah. um, I know uh, I, I listened to a lot of his podcasts uh, and other things, especially right around the time of Macho's death. And then when uh, uh, they talked about putting Macho into the Hall of Fame, uh, it was... Lanny that finally agreed to let him be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, even though it was Macho's uh, wishes to be inducted with his whole family, his dad and his brother. Um, but it, it, just listening to him talk about wrestling and everything like that, he he was a a true genius in that aspect. He always saw things from angles, and and I think he went very underappreciated for. Uh, his wrestling career. And it's unfortunate that I think he could have had a career, even though he was Macho's brother. Um, uh, so that's why I really say he was underappreciated and, and very, very well-spoken and uh, loved the business and loved uh, the fans. And it's sad to see him go also. Yeah. Especially at such a young age. The one thing I remember him saying on a podcast was, when after he outlived his brother, his older brother is that there was a point in time where he was his brother's age when he died. And, you know, he had mentioned, he's like, you know, I'm now older than Randy. And he's like, it kind of hit him, you know, just say like, you know, my, my brother's gone at this age. And, you know, that was something that kind of stuck with me. It was like, yeah, you know, like you are, unfortunately you're outliving, you know, uh, your brother at that age. And now, Sadly, he's going to join them. Yeah, it's very, very sad. And I think probably the saddest one that's happened is that Jay Bresco actually was in a, um, a head-on collision, um, and uh, he passed away. Uh, he, he was in the car. He was in the, a truck with his two daughters. Uh, from what I gather, they're still they're they're good now. But 
Jay still unfortunately lost his life. And, you know, Roger, what did you think about Jay, you know, just him and his career? Jay Briscoe, the performer, was outstanding. I mean, he wasn't that long after they had that third match with FTR, that very violent and brutal dog collar match. They, I think I had them as match of the year. The Briscoes were always very talented. Jay had some controversy outside of his life based on some comments that he had tweeted years ago, but he made amends. I mean, legitimately, he acknowledged that what he had said was wrong. He had worked towards becoming a better person, which is really, I think, all you can ask of anyone over their life is to understand the mistakes you made in the past. And for him to to pass away so suddenly, so tragically, is just is sad. It's been a while since we've had like an in-ring performer who passed away like this quickly. And I wish the gap had been longer because it's always just a tragedy and it's always sad. He's going to be missed. I feel bad for his wife, his kids, for Mark. I mean, the amount of people on that AEW tribute show you could see were on the verge of bursting out in tears. You could tell that he had a lot of friends. And it's it's a real shame, quite honestly. It's a real tragedy. I would have loved to seen him actually in AEW. I wish that, you know, unfortunately, due to the controversial comments for such a long time ago, um, it, that that kept him off the, the TV and everything. But they had such a good career and had a lot more potential to to go on to and expand on. And uh, it's it's super sad to see. I mean, 38 is not long enough. And he he had so much more in him. And I believe he was Ring of Honor champion, too. So he wasn't just a tag team specialist. He was uh, in his own right. Uh, a great wrestler and um, would love to have seen what he could have done on a bigger scale and bigger screen. Yeah. I I'd seen Jay Briscoe. I started watching ring of honor um, when I was out in Seattle and there for whatever reason, it was aired at like 2 AM on a local affiliation. And during that time I got to see Jay Briscoe win the title from Kevin Steen. And then he got storyline injured. I think it might've been a minor injury and then they decided to do a storyline with it. And that's when Adam Cole was able to rise up and win the vacant title. And then he immediately turned on Jay Briscoe and it's a really cool storyline. And Jay Briscoe, like the crowd connected with him. And it's just one of those things where you see that and you like, you feel it, you know, you feel that energy and Jay Briscoe, the, the wrestler, he he looked intense. He looked real. He was the guy that you believed. He was that scrappy guy in a fight that you did not want to get into a fight with. And then hearing all the stories that have come out about him, it's just like, wow, like I did not expect that uh, that person. I expect him to kind of be a little bit more hard nosed. They're like, no, he's one of the nicest people in the world. And he literally would take his shirt off for you to give it to you. And that just it kind of speaks volumes about him. And I heard um, uh, Jay Lethal um, on Chris Jericho's podcast just he was just bawling about Jay Briscoe, the, the man. And, you know, he had said like, it, it sucks that we have Twitter because, you know, that kept him off TV because of something dumb that he had said many years ago that he, you know, said like, Hey, you know what? That was actually wrong. I shouldn't have said that. And like, he was kept off TV because of that. And that's, that's dumb, you know? And it's really unfortunate because the national audience missed out on a really great character and a really great person. You know, I echo your guys' thoughts on this. I mean, it's it's just really sad for him to pass away the way he did. Um, I just hope that uh, everything uh, ends up working out for uh, his family. So um, let's let's move on and let's talk WWE. Um, Rhea Ripley wins the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, wow, uh, that's really impressive. Aaron, what do you think about uh, the fact that they let Rhea pick who she's going to face at WrestleMania? 
Yeah, I think it was good. I mean, she, you know, put on a very solid show and I think she was the runner up last year, I want to say, uh, against Bianca and, or was it was Bianca last year, right? I believe that who won? No. Okay. Uh, two years ago. Is what? Okay. Ronda Rousey won last year. I that's believe, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Last year, last year's rumble. We just <laughs> liked it. But Rhea was a runner up a couple of years ago. Uh, and so like, yeah, I mean, she's great. And uh, you know, it's a great way to showcase new stars and to get, um, have them get really big wins where they can now say, I am a former Royal rumble winner. And this is what you want to do with that talent. That's, that's up and coming. I think that she will win at WrestleMania, but even if she doesn't, I think that this is a feather in her cap. I think she should definitely win at WrestleMania. She has had a great, uh, buildup over the last, uh, last year and everything and with everything she's doing with judgment day. I mean, she truly seems almost like the true leader of judgment day. Like everything revolves around her and her success because they're, they're sure not having success individually, but uh, storyline wise and just uh, wrestling wise, she puts on great matches, um, has wonderful talent and I hope she wins at WrestleMania. Um, but at the same time, I could also see her, She's she's going against Charlotte, so she should win just because again storyline wise this is perfect for when Charlotte won and then challenged her at NXT. If there's one thing I have learned is never bet against Charlotte Flair. Having said that, look, I'm and none of you mentioned this. I'm kind of shocked. Rhea didn't just win. Rhea went the distance. She came in as number one and won the entire Rumble. I think she's one of what four people to ever pull that off. Now I know HBK did it. Somebody else did it in 04 who we won't speak of. And I feel like someone edge, – Edge, just do it. Did he go coast-to-coast? Coast? Edge, yeah. So the fact that not only did they let her win, she went coast-to-coast, coast, which is an impressive feat, and took out number two at the end. I mean, Liv Morgan being the second person was kind of an impressive performance. I'm a little disappointed that she picked Charlotte Flair. And we, we had talked about this in the in-year specials. We talked about Ray Ripley versus Bianca Bella feels like the type of WrestleMania match that you want to see. And that's what I want to see her choose. Ray versus Charlotte doesn't do it for me that much. It'll be a good match because they're both talented, but I'm much rather have seen Ray Ripley versus Bianca Bella. Really let those two NXT stalwarts go at it in the main event of a WrestleMania would have been great. Charlotte versus anyone else would still be fine. I mean, Charlotte versus Asuka would be great too, just due to the fact that it was Charlotte that ended Asuka's streak. So this could be Asuka getting her revenge and taking the belt from Charlotte at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do that, but they could. I mean, I, you know what? Uh, what's her face? Uh, gosh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Ronda Rossi dropped it right to her for no reason, which still doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, they did a quick swap of titles, but now that stuff's making sense. So maybe I guess we just got to trust, trust Triple H on this one. So um, Asuka, she wins Elimination Chamber. Uh, the crazy woman. Uh, what a, a great match from Elimination Chamber. Roger, what did you think about the women's match that, that opened the show? I liked it. I thought it showcased all the women in a good way. Even the losers came out looking strong. Raquel Rodriguez, in my opinion, really stood out. I like the fact that Liv Morgan basically passed out to a double submission, made her look strong. Carmella was an opportunist, which I think is a good use of her character. She shouldn't be someone who's dominant. She should be picking her spots and stealing pinfalls and victories as she can. And in the end, Asuka's the Empress of Tomorrow again, which is what we want. She should be, you know, that four pillars of behind the horsewomen. She should be part of that Bianca, that Rhea, whoever you want to put in that fourth category as kind of the next group of people. So good for her. Oscar versus Bianca will be great. Have they have they faced off before? I don't recall if they've had like a one-on-one pay-per-view match. I don't recall them ever facing before. 
So, and even if they have, it certainly hasn't been at one of the big events. I don't think they've done a Mania match, a SummerSlam match, a Survivor Series match. So this is going to be the first big one-on-one matchup. And I'm looking forward to it. I expect Bianca to retain because she's the future. But I wouldn't be mad if Oscar won. I wouldn't be mad one bit. I think, and again, it comes down to one of those aspects of, I think I was the only one that called Charlotte winning over Asuka. And it was because of that aspect of if somebody's going to be the one that beats Oscar, it's going to be Charlotte. I kind of feel the same way right now, too, about Bianca. If somebody's going to beat Bianca, I think it should be Oscar. So we'll see how everything goes. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to be disappointed. I don't think either way of who wins. Yeah, no, I definitely echo your guys' thoughts. Now, Andy, I know that you're a big Oscar fan. I mean, you know, Bianca's held the title for uh, it'll be a full year. Do you think Asuka takes the title off of her? Like, if you're picking now, like, do you have Asuka win? Absolutely not. I actually think uh, Bianca's going to keep it until SummerSlam. I think <laughs> that's where she'll drop it. But I think it'll be to Asuka. Just mm-hmm. to let you know. I don't think she'll win it at WrestleMania. I And, and here's my thoughts. There, I think that that title with it being on Bianca means something. And I think if you're going to take it off her, I think you can have a storyline that starts at Russell, that will starts at WrestleMania, but it can end in SummerSlam and they can always, and it doesn't and and you know, it could be, they could even do a thing where Oscar somehow wins something or there's no one better. And Oscar can come out and say something about, I'll retire if I lose or whatever. So, Andy, are you saying that what you want is from the person who takes it from Bianca to have been, like, built up? Like, somebody maybe who won a Rumble from coast to coast, like a young superstar who also came from NXT? If only there were someone available who could have faced Bianca in this moment. But I know. Because then that then I would be okay with her dropping it. Because it makes sense. So, but that's, well, that's, that's I, neither here nor there. So one of the one of the things too is, and and I don't know how you guys feel, but on a pay per view, I don't like to have too many title changes. You know, I I shouldn't say not too many. I don't like having every title change hands. And realistically, you know, spoiler for kind of up, you know, in a little bit, looks like Cody Rhodes might defeat Roman Reigns for the the title. Right? They're kind of building towards that. He might not though. Right? It'll be interesting when our picks come out. Um, but they also have you know, Ray Ripley probably should beat Charlotte Flair. There's rumored that the Usos might be facing. You know, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, they would probably lose the titles, I would think. So, like, you have a number of people who would be losing titles. I mean, like, this is one where, Andy, I kind of agree with you. I almost think that Bianca winning might do better for her and solidify her and then have Asuka win at a different time. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 what I think will will happen. I, I really do. It's, uh, yeah, because I don't see them combining the titles for the women's because I don't think that makes sense. Unless you're going to have Judgment Day on both shows. Uh, see, I actually think you need to combine the titles. I, I think there's something special about Roman being the champion who is the male champion. When you want to be the best, you have to go through Roman. Bianca right now feels like the true women's champion. She should hold the SmackDown belt as well. One champion who works on both shows. And then Rhea shouldn't have been chosen. Charlotte should have been, I'm going after the champion who's going to be going up on a year. One women's champion to rule them all. One men's champion to rule them all. One tag champion to rule them all. That's it. I actually uh, had a. I, I thought they were, that Roman was going to try and pull some crap, but he's uh, he's a little far off. I thought they're going to keep the belt. I think they're going to. I thought at first they're going to keep the belt on him for another year and a half. And the reason why is because then he can say, "Well, I'm going to de- defend a title, like the WWE title, 
and then have him lose it. But when he loses it, he could say, well, technically, I held the titles for X amount of days. And when you combine them, and then I'll, then he would have more than Bruno. That's what I was going to say. Does he get to count every day as a double day since he's a double champion? That's what I'm thinking. They're going to try. If Vince is in charge. Wait, wait, let me let me clarify that. They'll do that if Vince is in charge. If he's not, Triple H will be like, yeah, we're, we're going to let him lo- let Cody beat him. So, Just a curiosity. Are we all assuming that Cody is going to win? Like no one really thinks Roman could pull off a victory again? Oh, I think he could. I... I I, like, if you're asking me today, I, I pick Cody Rhodes to win. But, you know, I mean, it'll depend on the buildup. And I think that there'll be the the doubt put in there for sure. But right now, I'm picking Cody. I, and you know what's going to really – I'm surprised no one has really thought about what's really going to happen. Cody will win no matter what. Because what's going to happen is that Sammy and Kevin are going to come out and beat the crap out of the Usos. And Sammy's going to cost Reigns the title. With a Haluva kick, and then it's going to come into a Cody Cutter one two three. If they truly wanted to do things, I don't, I don't want to say right or anything along those lines, but I had feelings like with everything that was going on during the Royal Rumble and everything, Sammy's going to be the next Daniel Bryan in that aspect that they are going to screw him over somehow, and the fans are going to get upset, and it's going to be another takeover kind of system. And I could see them actually doing the storyline that way. I, I was very surprised at their match at Elimination Chamber because I thought about it and I was like, how awesome would it be if this was an 18-second match? Just like what started off Daniel, Daniel Bryan's run for you know the fan thing was his 18-second match at WrestleMania with uh, Sheamus. They just, just 18 seconds in this match Roman wins. And then you have that that fan build up, that fan hate. You truly watch them riot in Montreal. <laughs> and just that's it. And then then you have that controversy or everything like that. Then it's like do you throw him into a three-way match with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? which I actually would be more on board for. Andy, I think you asked the question of if Vince is in charge. And let me tell you the number one reason why I know Vince isn't in charge. Because nobody rang the bell to do the Montreal screw job like part eight. <laughs> which if Vince were in charge, you know they absolutely would have run right back to because they can't help themselves. It's like every single time Vince can reference the screw job, he's going to. And then yeah. I was like, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. And I'm glad he didn't do that. I agree with what Doug said. To me, Sami Zayn is the person that the crowd wants. And you look at coming out of the Rumble. Cody got a solid pop for winning the Rumble. Sami Zayn got an Attitude Era pop for hitting Roman in the back with that chair. That is one of the loudest pops I have ever heard in my life. And I've been live when Daniel Bryan was in Seattle. I remember when Austin came out the night Foley won the title. Sami's pop was on that level. And Cody winning is fine. But that's all I feel about it. Cody's storyline is complete the mission or whatever it is. Sammy winning would be a Daniel Bryant like moment where the crowd would go wild. So I hope it's a triple threat. I hope he finds a way to get into it. Yeah, if he comes out and costs Roman the title, I think you'll also get that big pop. But Cody feels like a side character in his own story right now. This feels like the culmination of the bloodline story. And Sammy is the hero of this story. Homelander Cody isn't. And that's not the best thing for him. To me, I wouldn't even have Cody win at WrestleMania. I'd rather he win at SummerSlam or somewhere where the focus can be on him and not be, oh, I'm the guy who won because Sammy couldn't get it. So, Roger, you brought up uh, Cody Rhodes, and, of course, he won the Men's Royal Rumble. 
and he's going to be facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's set in stone right now. Um, with that said, we do have the same Zayn storyline, which has been a year in the making, and they've done a pretty, I like legitimately pretty good job. I will say the this this section. I don't know. I, I didn't feel as good about it. We'll talk about the match in a little bit. But just to kind of run do a, a run run down a couple of things here. So Sammy at the Royal Rumble, he finally snapped. He he was done with. He couldn't hit Kevin Owens over the head. He was good with like, look, Roman, I'm good with you winning the title. I'm good with you, um, you know, being the head of the table. But like, look, leave my buddy alone. Like, like, you know, I helped you beat him, but like, leave him alone, please. Just just please. He turns on him, and then Jay Uso super kicks him. Uh, Solo attacks Jim, him. Jimmy Uso. Uh, Jimmy, well, Jimmy left, right? Or no, I, Jay, le- Jay left. Jimmy's oh. the one who kicked him. Apologies there. Jay left. Jimmy, Jimmy super kicks him. Jay leaves. And then, um, we're kind of off to the races at that point because it's a, what, where is Jay at? What is going on with Jimmy? We know where solo is. We know where Roman is. We don't know where some of this other stuff is. So, um, Doug, when you were watching, you know, some of these, I like, what were your thoughts going through? Like, were you thinking like, oh, this is actually like pretty well thought out or were you like, okay, like they kind of fell into this. What, what were your thoughts there? Um, I, I, I think they're doing the best that they can because everybody was waiting for the Sammy turn. And I, I guess leading up to it where Sammy was okay with all the other stuff he did. I thought the turn was really, really quick um, because you had uh, war games and Sammy definitively gave up on Kevin Owens. So I don't understand the quick turnaround of war games happens. And then a month later, okay, you're taking a couple of chair shots. They did some bad things to Kevin Owens in war games. I just don't understand a little bit why the quick turnaround. I can explain that. So Kevin Owens, at one point in a promo, tells Sami Zayn what is going to happen when you do something that Roman doesn't like and he decides that you have crossed him and he's not your real family. And he even says, I would turn on them before they turn on you. There was a promo where Sami Zayn made the mistake, similar to what Jay Uso did a few months back, where he stepped up, said something, and Roman took offense to it and said, are you in charge? Are you the show? They put Sami on trial and basically said, at the Rumble, this is going to be your test to see if you're truly with the bloodline. And what the story was is that Sami finally realized that there was nothing he was really ever going to be able to do to convince Roman that he was loyal to him. And instead of waiting to get stabbed in the back, he decided to take out Roman first. And so the story in that regard, they did a good job of explaining it. It followed up. And I also like that Jay Uso also saw Roman for what he was finally after years of being gaslit and beaten down and realizing that what he is doing to Sammy is what he did to Jay years ago. Jay Uso said, nope, I'm out. I've had enough of this. So I think the storyline made sense. You had to obviously like watch all the Smackdowns and follow up on that. But from that regard, they showed Roman for who he really was. And the two people who were the victims of it said, I've had enough. I'd rather take a beating than continue to follow you. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, with, with, you know, I, I guess like with everything that they're doing with the whole thing with the bloodline, uh, is there anything that they can do to make it go longer? Or do you think that, the, that pretty much it's going to end? It's it, that, that was it. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on that, Aaron? So I'm thinking about the NWO and Sting. 
And when that happened, when the, when the NWA storyline happened and then they had sting there and he kind of went away for a little bit and they had a good storyline going where like, Hey, is he, which side is he on? You know, he's doing white and black. So is he NWO now? That was a good storyline. And then you fast forward and he's attacking the NWO, right? But he's not necessarily with WCW. Really good storyline. You're planting the seeds. You kind of know at Starcade, you know, that's their biggest event. It's him versus Hogan. The ending is very easy. Sting beats Hogan in the middle. One, two, three, no controversy, nothing. And they wanted another bite at the apple. They were like, nope, let's go and let's have like this kind of fast pin. And then he rewins the title at, at a uh, super brawl, which is just like, what, wait, why are you doing this? Like he's winning the title anyway, but you're just trying to prolong the story. This is kind of silly. This is dumb. And so they prolong the story. You don't like, this is a, you added Sami Zayn in there. He worked. You had a very good storyline going. You kind of knew what was going to happen at the end. You have the storyline end soon. And I'm not saying like completely take it off there. I'm saying you have it end at a, at a logical end point, and then you can start up a new storyline, but that's what you need to do. Again, this is one of those things where when watching the rumble and everything that was going on and kind of knowing or expecting what was going to happen, I thought, uh, cause Cody Rhodes was number 30. And I was like, how awesome would it be if he got booed just like Ray Mysterio did just because he's not Sami Zayn? Do you think that's that they did that as a test? No, they, I mean, they they purposely they, the, the crowd reacted as they probably projected and suggested. It was just I think it would have been awesome if if Cody Rhodes would have came out at 29 and Sami Zayn comes out at 30. But I, I just like I said, they truly have that they can do the exact same storyline as Daniel Bryan with Sami Zayn, and everybody's going to be happy. No one's going to care that it's not a new storyline. Uh, but it's it just one of those things that I know they don't want to repeat. Some some people in creative don't want to repeat the past and everything like that. So I think that there is a, an easy way out for them, though, if they did do a three-way at uh, WrestleMania where both Cody Rhodes and Sami pin him. So then you have you protect Roman by the fact that both of them defeated him, and then they split the titles. I know Roger's not a big fan of splitting the titles again, but um, I, I I could see that as a way to do it, and then you truly have that SmackDown versus uh, Raw champion again, uh, and and you can still have both of them win the title. They both have their story moment at WrestleMania, and then maybe you have Roman come back and and get them both back uh, individually. Like he takes them on individually and wins them back eventually. But um, I, I would truly like to see them build up more wrestlers. And it's been a while since we've had a, a champion uh, that is not Roman Reigns. So good heroes need good villains. Mm -hmm. And I feel like someone like Cody Rhodes could be turned into an outstanding villain. If he truly, let's say you did the three way match and Sammy pins Cody. That way, Roman doesn't take the fall. He's protected. And now Cody, who feels like it was his birthright to win this title at WrestleMania, finally snaps and becomes the heel that we wanted him to be in AEW anyway. But he does it in a manner where it's slow and it's overtime. And then maybe you build up to a great match where Roman doesn't have to be in the spotlight for the title. And you do Cody versus Sammy at SummerSlam. And Cody gets his moment, but he's nefarious and he's dastardly. And great, he's still the heavyweight champion. He still completed the story. You have a very sympathetic babyface in Sammy Zane who has a good run. He doesn't need to be the Kofi Kingston where he's the 10 o'clock champion anymore. And everybody's happy. Cody can still go on his way. 
I just, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of splitting the titles. I've made that very clear on like the last three podcasts. And also, <laughs> I just, I think that WrestleMania should be the culmination of your best story. Austin versus McMahon was the culmination of the Attitude Era like three times. Austin's heel turn was the culmination of him coming back through everything. Daniel Bryan was the culmination of the Sheamus storyline from like WrestleMania 28, and it took him about two years to get it right. Is anyone looking at Cody Rhodes, who valiantly won the Royal Rumble at number 30, taking out Gunther, who lasted an hour at one? That weird juxtaposition of that, of like the bad guy is the one who had to fight through an hour's worth of people only to lose the guy who had basically the shortcut to win the Rumble. Uh, just something about Cody just doesn't feel like the valiant babyface that everyone wants to get behind. Meanwhile, Sami Zayn's over here replicating 1997 Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I just it feels like you have the right choice and then you have the other choice. And once again, Cody Rhodes feels like the other choice. Yeah, I, I will say I, I think that with WWE, with the way that they tend to work, John Cena should have turned heel multiple times. There were so many times you could have turned him heel against the rock very easily. You should have turned him heel, at least in the storyline and then have him come right back. You know, you could just been heel for, for that amount of time, but they didn't, they want to do babyface. and Cody Rhodes. They are set on making him a baby face and he's getting baby face reactions. I imagine that there's probably some chance that are piped in. There's probably some plants in the audience for it, but I had seen a report about when they were doing some of the house shows when they announced Cody Rhodes was going to be there, the ticket sales, boom, went through the roof. And it's just like, wow, that's actually pretty good. So he's kind of filling that void that Cena left. Cena was the baby face. They would not turn him, even though we wanted to, even though it would make good storyline, they wouldn't do it. And I think they're trying to do that with Cody Rhodes. And that's part of the reason why I think he's going to win. I do think, though, the crowd is going to sour on him. You know, they, they are going to turn. And I think it's going to be very quickly. I think if they come to Chicago... And he's still doing the shtick of, you know, it, my, it was my dad's, my family destiny. You know, my, it was my dad's dream, blah, blah, blah. I think the crowd might boo him. I, I legitimately do because I know last time I saw him in Chicago, the crowd was booing him and his wife out of the building. And they were going up against Dan Lambert, who was cutting heel promos, and they were cheering him because they hated Brandy and they hated Cody so much. So they even threw the weight belt back. Exactly. Exactly. And but in WWE, he's getting very babyface reactions. So, you know, I I think that based on the what route they might go, I think that the route is going to be Cody is going to be the face. And even though we have some better ideas, I think, for that, I don't think, unfortunately, that that's the route they're going to go, which sucks. So moving on, though, to the match, though, because I, I do kind of want to talk about the match itself. Um, Andy, you watched this live, of course. What were your thoughts? The bell rings and like for 10 minutes, nothing happened. Yeah, and it was uh, uh, the. the <laughs> You want to clarify what match you're talking about? Yeah, sorry. I I, I should say sorry. Uh, going back to the Sammy and the Roman storyline here, Sammy and Roman, they had their match. Ten minutes go by and nothing happens. Well, the interesting part was at Royal Rumble when my speakers actually cut out for a moment because I've never heard a pop that loud. To like, I will say it's probably it's the loudest one I've ever heard. Um, getting back to the match. I would argue it wasn't as loud because of the stadium, but because you had 17,000 people in a dome, because if they would have had that in a dome or a rumble, uh, that's completely different because it was out. Yeah, it was outside. So if that would have been a dome, they would have heard everything um, with this, that pop. They and they just swore at Roman the entire time. And then they did it in French, which I was appreciative of. <laughs> so 
<laughs> um, I'm sorry. It wasn't the Owl Dome. My bad. Uh, but yeah, it, but because it was so big, it's like same thing with uh, when they had WrestleMania at the AT&T Stadium or Cowboy Stadium. Uh, same problem. Uh, you, it's loud, but it's loud in areas. It's not loud to the ring. But I guarantee. But I bet they heard that uh, at at our Royal Rumble. But anyways, um, yeah. Going back, uh, I, I think the fact that it was quiet for or that it was that loud so long, and I think that at some point, I think the ref said something. Wait, because it just felt like if they would have started wrestling, I think the crowd would have been hot. They would have been ticked. Because they want to make sure that they are part of the show, and they did. Uh, I have no, I have no complaints about the opening. I, I mean, the match, it, it happened. I'm little, little. I'm, I don't know what they're doing with Jay because I thought it was very obvious that basically Roan stepped out of the way. So that's gonna be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to actually watch SmackDown. So it'll be fun. But you know. I'm curious, Doug, uh, with this because this is the big this is the big storyline. I mean, what did you what did you think about everything that happened? All the everything that happened in that match from start to finish. Uh, I mean, a lot of things did happen in that match when it finally got started. Um, you know, it, it, you had the whole nice little conflict with uh, Roman and the interaction with Sammy's wife uh, and his kids right there. Um, I had a. Uh, flashback moment though it's kind of funny if you watch it you watch the kids reaction to daddy getting hit and one of them smiling it's it's just one of those funny like moments like you kind of wonder what's going on through the kids like you you know the kid probably knows that daddy's just at work and he's gonna be okay but uh it reminded me of um uh we went uh, we went to nxt and uh uh, Tommy, his uh, his kids were in the. It was him versus Bobby Roode, and uh, uh, his kids were in the in the crowd, and we were wa- uh, sitting relatively close to him, and we're watching as Tommy gets beat by Bobby Roode, and the kid is now crying, but mommy's like smiling and laughing at the kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you don't know, it's a, it's a hard time. Dad lost a match, yeah. Um, so that was kind of a surreal moment because you never know what kids are going to do and and everything like that. So, uh, uh, but it, it did add to the match. And then um, you go on. I mean, overall, decently fought match. Uh, they they did their spots. They did everything they did. And then there was the confusion all at the end when everything else goes awry when the the ref bump and i mean then it ended the the way everybody probably thought it was going to at least some of us i thought it was going to be a dq also i was kind of hoping for the dq um because then you still have roman with the title but you still have sammy winning in montreal as the match started i got a weird flashback to brock versus eddie in 04 like the kind of feeling that you thought the dominant champion was going to win. And then all of a sudden you started to believe that he might pull this off. I, I loved the first five to 10 minutes of them doing nothing because it really highlighted the crowd's hatred for Roman. They built that moment similar to the way rock and Hogan just let the crowd go nuts the same way that Chomp and Gargano just let the crowd go nuts. And it was appropriate. It felt like that crowd wanted, if you'd have pulled the guardrails down, they would have all swarmed Roman and beat the absolute life out of him because they hated him. And I loved it. They, they taunted him in French. They loved Sammy. 
I really thought Kevin Owens was going to come out and cost Roman the match. That's kind of how I thought this was being built up, similar to the way that Goldberg ran out and speared Lesnar. I thought you'd see Kevin Owens finally get his revenge on Roman. Look, it was chaotic at the end. You kind of knew Jimmy Uso. I thought Jimmy and Jay weren't allowed in Canada, so I was kind of shocked to see them, to be quite honest. They showed up. I think it was very obvious that Roman stepped aside, and once again, he's using Jay Uso for his own terms. I'll be very curious to see if Jay Uso defends the title with Jimmy or if Solo steps in since he's part of the bloodline and maybe Jay is out, and if Jay becomes kind of that X factor who costs the Usos or and Solo the title. I don't know. I wanted Sammy to win. I wasn't expecting him to win the title. I think I even picked he's going to win by DQ. I was really hoping they didn't do another screw job where like Roman locks in the guillotine and Sammy doesn't give up, but Heyman gets them to ring the bell, something really Vince-like. It's fine. You know, we move on now to Cody. I just don't think the, you know, I know Aaron said ticket sales may have spiked for Cody, and that's great. I think he's super popular in all regions where his daddy was beloved. I don't think he's going to be beloved in Chicago. I don't. I mean, Los Angeles might be fine with him, maybe. But I know the crowd loves Sami Zayn. That's the thing. I absolutely know everywhere Sami goes, Sami is loved. And when Cody wins, if he beats Roman, it's going to be good for him. It's not going to be that feel-good moment. It's not going to be that thing that makes me jump out of my chair and go, this is awesome. I have waited forever to see him win this title. If Sami was the one who walked out of Mania, it would be Hallelujah, Sami Zayn has finally done it. Maybe you do the moment where Kevin Owens comes in and hugs him, and maybe you even do the moment where everyone thinks, is Kevin going to powerbomb him again just like it was in NXT, right? You have some real drama there with Kevin Owens walking out going, is he going to stab him in the back once again? And for once, Kevin Owens doesn't stab Sami in the back, and it's just a nice, genuine, heartfelt moment. So... I think there was just a better storyline with Sammy. The match was good. The ending is kind of, I guess, predictable. It's not bad. I'm not going to say Cody versus Roman's a bad match. It's just not the match I really wanted. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I really disliked the ending. I'm okay with Roman retaining the titles. I really feel that they overbooked themselves and they booked themselves into a corner on top of it. Kevin Owens was there and he waited till the very last moment to come out. So, you know, Jimmy comes out, Jay comes out and then Kevin's like, you know, I'm going to wait. Roman's going to hit him with the chair. That's okay. I'm going to come out afterwards and then I'll, I'll hit a few uh, stunners on people. Like you could have had him come out in the middle of that, hit a stunner on, you know, like he could have hit it on Jay, you know, for, for all, you know, cause like Jay and Kevin, there's no love loss there, right? He could have hit on Roman and then Jay hits Kevin with the the chair. And then, you know, Sammy is like, what are you doing? And then, you know, at that point in time, Roman, you know, spear Sammy pins him one, two, three. That's a little bit better. At least like, okay, like, yeah, there's some, some messy stuff there, but like you understood what was going on. I just felt like there was a little bit, it left a lot to be desired for me. And I think that was the thing that uh, was unfortunate because you know what? I'm afraid that if, depending on where some of the the next shows they have Raw or SmackDown at, I think the crowd the crowd could turn on Cody, and that's not what you want heading into Mania. You don't want to have another Daniel Bryan situation. You don't want to have a CM Punk situation from you know uh, 2011. You don't want to have those. You want to have the crowd behind the babyface, and hopefully it is. You know, hopefully going into WrestleMania it's gonna be you know great match, great storyline. But I think this is a little bit of a missed opportunity. And I think unless Sammy does get a win over Roman, I think the storyline is not done, in my opinion. Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. So, but uh, yeah, so, uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, thank our sponsor, HostGator. 
Are you a blogger or podcaster or you're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script and solder, freeze up on hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo to see how easy it is. And if you use a special coupon code, off the mark, you're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what do you got to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite out of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out the Section 86 off the mark page and click on the banner at the top to save big on items from WShop.com. Ah, cue Eric Bischoff music. I'm back. Oh, geez. Vince is back. Oh, and better than ever. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. So basically, Vince McMahon, he is back. Uh, he is, It doesn't look like he's doing anything for TV right now because Triple H hired some of his firings, which I find hilarious still. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's interesting things have happened. So Aaron, uh, so Vince Man retires on July twenty second, twenty twenty two. He's he's gonna stay retired, right, Aaron? Yeah, I, I think so. And then you know, Rogers Boy Triple H, he takes over creative on July twenty third. Your favorite wrestler. And, and at that, after that point in time, Roger, what were your thoughts on WWE for the next six months? Would you say? I loved it. It was it was going in the right direction. It seemed like it was back to the way things were in NXT. You know, the visionary that is the game had finally assumed control. There's a reason this man is the wrestler of the 2010s. It is because he elevated NXT to a height that WWE hadn't seen quite some time. And now he had a chance to take over the headbook. And it was trending properly. And we still hadn't even seen him fully realize, I think, what he was going for. So I think it's at the end of the year awards. This is the first time that it felt like WWE and AEW are going to be on the same level and the awards weren't just going to be everybody who's not WWE with moving when someone sneaks in. And then all of a sudden we hear the news that the chairman is back. He hasn't assumed control of creative because we haven't seen the Montreal Screwjob in Montreal. So obviously Hunter is still running things. I will say the moment that gave me pause was when Charlotte Flair came back and just won the title out of nowhere. And I went, oh, crap, Vince is back in charge. Like, this is stupid nonsense that seems very, let's create a moment, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so we'll see. If, if he's really just back to facilitate a sale, which there was that kind of funny rumor, I want to say, right after he came back that allegedly they had been sold to the Saudis. Who knows? Was that deal true and then the public reaction was so negative that they just said let's back up though i don't think you back out of the deal of those people to be quite honest i think if they had a deal in place public reaction is not something you were worried about not for that kind of money and also i just think there's it's a more complicated process i don't think this is going to be quickly done but vince being back hopefully is just from a financial standpoint and to make a sale but if he gets involved with creative again and we start going down that path I'm going right back to the way it was, which is WWE might as well be dead to me because I watched his vision for 20 years after they bought WCW and all but like three years worth of content is mostly stuff I could care less about. Now, Doug, um, it was about six months that Vince was gone and we had Triple H over as creative. Vince came back to the company on January 5th. So that was a full six months. Five days later, Stephanie McMahon resigned from WWE that she had resigned for, came back to be the co-CEO, and now she's gone. And so Nick Khan is now the only CEO. What were your thoughts on Stephanie resigning five days later? I mean, is that a shock to you? No, just due to the fact that it was kind of funny uh, or just interesting timing that she had stepped down originally and then Vince 
step down to only to have Stephanie return. So when Vince got signed back on, it became one of those things of, oh, okay, he's back. He can handle it. I can go do what I was originally planning to do in the first place, where I think she was taking time off to be with her kids and spend more time at, uh, with them and, and kind of uh, be the, the home wife at, at that point in time. But it's, so when Vince has to step down, she has to step back up. Now that Vince is back, he can handle the the dealings and the um, the potential sale of the of the WWE, and she can go back to what she was originally wanting to do, which was be the be with the kids and spend more time with them. So, uh, not surprised that she stepped down again, and um, you know maybe it was more like a internship for. Uh, Mr. Khan uh, to learn the the McMahon way, uh, so now he gets to go back and learn from Vince uh, instead of Stephanie. So, um, you know, from everything that I heard, though, the Vince was just brought back because they wanted his name on the uh, on the sale. Um, so he is he is strictly back just for the sale of the of the company, so that he can be the beginning and the end of the company. Yeah, and then Andy. So Vince came back. He was added to the board of directors, and from there he was installed as the WWE chairman, which is different than the CEO because Nick Khan is the only CEO of WWE. Right? He is the person that oversees all of it. He does have to answer to the board, which obviously Vince is now the head of. But Vince is back. Vince is, as Doug had said, potentially facilitating a sale. So if you are trying to sell the company. Are there anybody, is there anyone that you're kind of thinking of that might be a good, you know, partner? There have been rumors about Fox. There have been rumors about, you know, of course, NBC Universal, uh, you know, NBC Universal, Comcast, Disney, Amazon, Apple, obviously the Saudis. Is there anyone that kind of sticks out that you're like, this is probably who I would sell to even if they didn't have the highest bid but was like up there? Is there anyone that kind of sticks out for you? I mean, NBC Universal is just the, the they're just, I think, the safe bet. I think that they'll end up buying them and then they'll be under their, under their umbrella because they can promote it on everything. They can put it on NBC. They could, you know, like that is a big deal to them. And the thing is, that's something that I don't think I've ever seen like a wrestling promo when I watch NBC, which is, which I, I guess I don't watch commercials either. So I guess that's probably the main reason why, but even when I have turned on like for Sunday Night football, I don't think I've saw, seen anything like turn into USA to watch WWE raw. I don't see that, so which I find weird. Um, but I think they would promote the crap out of it. Okay, they are on commercials. Great. So they, I think they would promote it more, and I think you would actually have like a champion or some wrestler come in that can actually provide commentary, either like a former – I mean, this sounds bad, but even if you throw Baron Corbin up there because he's a former player, I think that says something, especially if it's the team that he was on. So you could even see like, hey, let's get The Rock to come out, you know, like – or this or insert another player and have them do that, have them and then just promote the crap out of it. So that's what I, that's why I think NBC is going to do it. My second one that I would like to see would be Disney because I think that we would have a true hall of fame. So do you think that that would make Charlotte flair a Disney princess then? No, no, absolutely not. What is wrong with you, Aaron? Why would you speak that into existence? Why? Now that thought in my brain is I'm going to be seeing Charlotte as the evil queen for at least six months. 
you've done this to me. This is your fault. And I'm when sure I, a I, lot of people thought that before, but just throwing it out. So go back. But just think of all the potential matches then, oh. you know? Yeah, you can have. You, uh, you can have the glass slipper match. Oh, yeah. So we're going to see. Are we going to see Charlotte Flair go through the entire Disney catalog and pin Prince Charming and, yep. and pin Snow White? Because she's not going to lose. So she's going to basically just be the one queen to rule them all. Charlotte <laughs> Flair versus you guys are, Maleficent. You guys are missing Thank out on merchandising opportunities here. Bianca Bell Air. She can be Beauty and the Beast. She can be Bell, And you can do that with Charlotte as Cinderella. There's so many great marketing opportunities here. Does that make Andy, Brian Dawkins uh, Gaston? Yeah. Andy, how do I delete somebody else's statement on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Disney would be fun just because I want to see a hall. I really want to see a true hall of fame that we could go to. And I know that if, if, if Disney bought it, you would see it, it would be on their property. They would probably have things where you could go to on their property as well. You know, cause like the NBA experience, I think, I think, but they said has failed or no, they shut it down already. So yeah, I mean, if that tells you anything, I mean, if you could go there, you know, vacation and have something wrestling related, why not? But yeah. So I think Disney would be my, Disney would be my first choice, but I think that NBC universal is the safe bet just because they're already on their networks. And I, I wouldn't be surprised because I don't don't know what NBC does on Friday night beside Dateline, but I'm pretty sure they could throw a, a SmackDown and then a Dateline. So but yeah, um, but yeah, so that that's why that's who I think would, who should. Uh, yeah, you could have WrestleMania. You could actually probably have like the first hour on NBC. Did they do that one year, though, where they had they did something where it was like on USA for an hour or something like that? Yeah, Peacock and NBC are very closely merged now. So I believe the kickoff show sometimes does show up on NBC. So it's like kind of WrestleMania on NBC, but not like the full car, just like the main kickoff. But I just think there would be something really cool of you can literally tune into basic channels on NBC. This is where the Super Bowl is broadcast. This is where the Olympics are broadcast. And now for a Sunday or Saturday in April, you get WrestleMania on NBC. That to me is when I think WWE has truly arrived as one of the major sports. When you your big event is on Fox or CBS or NBC, or ABC, you are now here, right? That's where the Super Bowl is. That's where the NBA Finals are at. That's where the World Series are at. That's what I think the goal for WrestleMania should be to get on a major network in prime time. That would be interesting if they did like the first like hour and then said subscribe to Peacock for $10 a month or $5 a month. That would be interesting if they tried to do something like that. But yeah, that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, so Aaron... You know, I got. I got to ask. Do you think it's a, a smart thing? Like, like if you had to choose from like all the places, is there one that you think would be number one? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that NBC Universal is. I think Fox would be my second one. the The deal with the Saudis, you know, I know when that had come up, and that was a big, you know, talking point among people online. And there were people that even stuck by it who said, like, "Look, I literally heard this from you know sources at WWE that this is who we're selling to." One of the things that a lot of people have pointed to is that there is a uh, a golf company that is owned by Saudi Arabia. I want to say it's like Live Golf or something. And they were having issues getting a deal in the U.S. because they didn't want to deal with the Saudis. And, of course, money does talk, and I totally get that. But there's also the perception of, like, eh, is this really who we want to get in bed with? And, you know, there because there are things. You have to be a hypocrite about certain things. You do, unfortunately. I, and, you know, not obviously going to go into you know details of Saudi Arabia and some of their dealings uh, about people. But, 
you have to be okay with some of that stuff. And that is an excuse what Vince had done, but there's this like, okay, well, what do we want to, who do we want to get in bed with in terms of um, who we're going to sell to? And so if Vince, Saudi Arabia maybe does give them the $9 billion he's asking for. But if you get 8.5 from NBC Universal and you know for a fact that it will be on that network or even eight, you might as well. I, I would add one thing real quick about there's a difference between making a deal with them and then there's a difference between being owned by them. And WWE being owned by Saudi Arabia is a very different world where they control what you do, which becomes much more questionable than like, oh, yeah, we just we run a show what four times a year in Saudi Arabia because they paid us. So, like, it might be real questionable, especially for your investors who are like, I don't want to support this. AEW's women division no longer has a problem. Well, and, you know, the thing is, when thinking about Saudi Arabia, of course, they they have stake in a lot of different places. They, they have their money in a lot of different spots. SNK, which they made the Neo Geo, and they have a lot of games that are even still out today, the King of Fighters series. They did Metal Gear and, uh, or I'm sorry, Metal Slug and other games like that. Saudi, the Crown Prince owns, I want to say, 97% of SNK. The Neo Geo is essentially owned by the, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. In fact, Nintendo, they are the largest um, individual owners of Nintendo, and they own 8% of Nintendo stock. So they, they own stock in there. And obviously, they're going to get you know dividends, and they're going to get, you know if they sell off, they'll get some money from that. But there's the, as to Roger's point, owning the entire company versus having a controlling stake in. So you think if they had just a controlling stake, the Saudis, it would be okay? I don't know if I'd say controlling stake. I think if they they have a piece of it, and they probably do. I don't know. You know, I haven't looked up their stock options or anything, but if they probably own some of WWE. But uh, there's the matter of owning fifty one percent versus owning thirty percent, twenty percent. I wonder what what's going to happen when Vince dies. Like, what what happens to those stocks? Does it go to his wife? It'll be in a will, so yeah, it probably goes to his wife first. Kids, it'll probably divvy up somehow. Do you think any of his mistresses get some of those stocks? Do you think that was part of the NDAs that he signed? He actually hands them out afterwards. It's kind of like <laughs> like Derek Jeter and the baseballs. Yeah. Yep. Right. Here's some stock. Thank you. Thank you for uh, servicing yourself with Vince McMahon Incorporated. Here's five. I was going to say. I mean, hands out, and he has a problem with being handsy. So. Does everyone just who gets hired they have to sign an NDA first and then say this is what your dollar amount is? Why does it say prenup on this? <laughs> Quick clarification: We are not mocking like the awfulness uh, of like sexual assault and the things. It's more so the fact that Vince McMahon is exactly who we thought Vince McMahon was. Like a lot of people play their character and turn it up to ten. Vince McMahon took his on-screen character and somehow turned it up off-screen, and that's the fact <laughs> that we're mocking. Is that yes. the things that he did with Tori Wilson and Trish Stratus on-screen were absurd? And he was doing these things in real life. That is the part that we are actually mocking, just for clarification. Yeah, he did that at home with somebody. And then he's like, oh, this would make this would make for good TV, pal. And so that's what he did on TV. <laughs> and that's – yeah, I mean like like I, I exactly what Roger said. I mean it's just Vince – Vince seems like – you know, they always say that like your character is turned up to 10. I think his on-screen character was actually put turned down. down to 10. Yeah, turned down. <laughs> if that turned doesn't say anything. <laughs> So I, I got one last question for everybody here. Uh, Doug, I'll start with you. Do you believe a WWE sale happens by the end of the year? Yes. And who do you pick for buying? I, 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 your heavy favorite betting is still got to be NBC. 
Um, I think it's going to take a long horse to to get a Disney or Prime or uh, somebody else to get it, but it's still a possibility. But I do believe that it will be uh, done by the end of the year. And how about you, Roger? I, I think a sale will probably happen, but I'm like 55, 45 about the end of the year. Like I could see it lasting into 2024, but I also agree with Doug. If you're betting and I'm putting money down, I go with NBC. It, it Ever since I was a kid, I remember Saturday Night Main Event on NBC. It always felt like they've had a connection with one another. I want to say the XFL when Vince launched it in 2001 was on NBC. It just feels like if someone is going to buy the WWE from Vince McMahon, NBC feels like the right call. And Aaron, who do you think? Yeah, I, I think that the, it'll be announced. But, you know, just like with anything, these things take a long time. So the sale probably won't take place for another year or so. So 2024 is when the actual sale will happen. But I think it'll be announced in 2023. I would guess summer to fall-ish is what I would think. So And NBC, of course, that's the... I, again, putting money on it, I would I would totally agree. How about you, Andy? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to stick with NBC Universal. I, I just think that they're going to they're going to end up doing something with it. And, you know, they do own the Universal Park, so they could actually just throw something over there, too. Now, I'd be really happy if they did go to Disney or Amazon since I have Prime and uh, Disney Plus. Uh, whereas if my parents dropped their cable, I no longer have Peacock. I think Fox wouldn't be a great move either. I'm not particularly high on Fox buying it. They don't have a streaming service that I can think of personally. I know that you can like go to like foxsports.com and stream, but they don't have like a Peacock or Disney Plus. And maybe they'd launch it, but I'd be concerned about you know the market and things like that. I, I don't know. It just again, I feel like they're much more tied to NBC at the hip than they ever mm-hmm. were. I think USA is an NBC Universal yep. property. Well, yeah, I mean, just everything about it seems NBC. I believe Fox has most of their stuff on Hulu, um, which is, I think, why they don't have it. And so because like Hulu was essentially Fox, NBC, ABC, and then CBS for a little while until they moved off. But um, I it essentially would probably go to Hulu then if Fox bought it. But but that would also I mean, Disney owns a majority of Hulu now. So, so yeah, because it sounds like they want to sell. But, oh, well, yep. Uh, unfortunately, Hogan might have caused another death. So, anyway, so that's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into the Twitter, you can follow the show at Altmark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and ending the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Roger Cave, Doug Honda, Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring. Mm-hmm.